Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 website for details. Chapter 1 of Betty Baird's Ventures. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Holly Jensen. Betty Baird's Ventures by Anna Hamlin Weichel. Published in 1907. Chapter 1. In Tight Papers. Oh, this indigent family of ours. I certainly must bestir myself and do something to support it, said Betty Baird airily to her mother, yet looking determined, and straightening herself up among the cushions piled high on the broad window seat in her room she emphasized her words by beating a capacious blue sofa pillow over which the pines scampered in fantastic white lettering filling the room with the spicy fragrance of the pine needles brought from the campus of the boarding school from which she had just graduated the airy words and determined manner were both characteristic of betty for she did everything with huge enjoyment combined with thorough earnestness Betty, you alarm me, her mother said, laughing. Your energy is misspent on such a warm day. Betty gave the pillow a final pat, then smoothed it out and stood it behind her straight back. I have always dreamed of doing something, and it makes it more real when I pound a little. From the way Betty said something, you could easily see that had the word been written, it would have had a large capital S and a few flourishes, too what are you thinking of doing asked her mother seriously yet smiling mrs baird usually entered into betty's differing moods that she could readily do for she found every mood more engaging and lovable than the last betty was silent for a moment apparently lost in deep consideration of the different pursuits opening before her she swung her feet lightly gazing contemplatively at the peeping tips of her white tennis shoes and rumpling her bright hair with a distracted hand there is literature she suggested at length looking at her mother gravely and she began to count off on her fingers the various occupations that came to her mind at the pines you know i was considered good in composition and my graduating essay well you heard how the bishop himself spoke of that betty endeavored to speak meekly but her brilliantly reminiscent smile was full of gratification yes said her mother smiling and nodding yet is not seventeen somewhat young for authorship in all the range of literature began betty grandly 
with a comprehensive sweep of her arm and her sweet voice deepening then she laughed oh how grandiloquent there is evidently the making of a prig in me like most girls of her age betty perhaps would have taken herself too seriously but for her saving sense of humor then too at boarding-school she had lived with girls who had not hesitated to destroy openly and ruthlessly her pet conceits and to laugh derisively at her many poetic flights very little escaped their wholesome give-and-take mrs baird folded the dainty tea-towels she had been hemming and leaned back in her low sewing-chair possibly betty your sense of humor is carrying you too far and now you are not taking yourself seriously enough to accomplish anything we must believe in ourselves in our call and in our work betty opened her eyes wide this sounded more like her clerical father than her reserved mother now carissima it is my turn to be alarmed i can't imagine myself with a call as for my work it is anything that happens to turn up people are happiest betty who have consecutive work and plenty of it your father says you should take things as they come and of course that is the best plan but i think you will not be contented long without something definite i am teaching you to keep house but with your quickness you will find yourself with a good deal of time on your hands especially on this long island farm where you are a stranger you do everything with a rush here you have finished your six towels and i have still one of mine to hem mrs baird picked up betty's little pile of blue and white barred tea towels and scrutinized the stitches they are neatly done of course they are laughed betty throwing back her graceful shoulders in burlesque pomposity yet under the merry challenge of her sweet wilful eyes looked confidence in her untried powers what can't i do but i simply hate to sew betty finished by making a comic little grimace though a glimmer of satisfied pride crept into her face at her mother's praise after all it is pleasant to do a thing well and to be told so you have a great capacity for love or hate betty child judging from the number of things you hourly hate and love said mrs baird but i am not through my lecture at weston you had so many friends that you could easily fritter away half of your time now you are old enough to appreciate that time is a gift and that you are responsible for it you know my favorite robertson speaks of that strange solemn thing time time doesn't seem that way to me gasped betty it is on butterfly wings flying swiftly but oh so beautifully and gaily too mrs baird smiled at the amusement she felt at her own inopportune quotation i see betty that my sentiment is at least twenty years too old for you she said resuming her hemming betty stared over the bay with unseeing eyes mother yes betty betty turned a pair of dark perplexed eyes to her mother is a man bankrupt when he's in tight papers mrs baird looked up with some surprise then she smiled no it is not so bad as that child it is only an uncomfortable tightness between resources and liabilities you have heard your father say that doubtless it is his favorite expression for lack of money yes father said he was in tight papers when i asked him to let me visit lois next week 
betty sighed dolefully over the missed delight of a visit to her old pine schoolmate lois bird mrs baird puckered her brows solicitously i am afraid you are very much disappointed betty disappointed oh dear no exclaimed betty and she jumped from the window seat and threw her arms round her mother you know i am not anxious to run off from you after being away for three years at school i was to stay with lois only a week anyway for they are going as usual to capri betty sank on the floor by her mother's chair and leaning cosily against her knee talked on when i asked father about going he said he was in tight papers and had a mortgage and that we had to be very economical until this place was paid for of course his salary with the home mission board is larger than the one he had at the church in weston but his expenses have increased and this buying a house takes a great deal of money i forget how much but it seemed a lot and i made up my mind to help father sighed terribly when he got through talking you have katie to cook for you and i could do something to make money i am sure what to do is the question you are rather young began her mother don't you say that betty interposed with mock sternness seventeen doesn't seem young to me after all it's only one's point of view as miss green used to say mrs baird folded her last towel and put it with betty's betty sprang to her feet now you are through with your stint mother i'll walk down by the water and perhaps i'll get inspiration there and humming fair sails over us swinging lightly the breezes blow interspersed with whistles in imitation of the catbird she hurried down the box-bordered path to the wide gate that opened almost directly on the pebbly beach she stood a moment there and her eyes swept the water from hilly shore to hilly shore with an interest born of novelty far off towards the sound she could catch a glimpse of the yellow sand dunes and outlining the glittering heaps a sky as blue as any in her dreams of italy the hills and shore were a vivid green clumps of cedars clung tenaciously to the hills that man was disfiguring through his merchandising spirit it was wonderfully beautiful wonderfully brilliant and inspiring but how unlike her pennsylvania mountains among which she had been reared after their grandeur the hills of the north shore of long island looked almost absurdly pretentious yet she was already feeling the secret charm of water and the alluring mystery of fog and mist betty loved this hour of the day when the boats were coming in from their day's journey the graceful yachts threading their way to their anchorages up the harbor the coal schooners which loomed ominously around the point like gigantic gray water birds of prehistoric ages the fisherman with his characteristic short oar stroke the clamor sculling his flat-bottomed skiff all alike hurrying to their different havens as fast as wind and tide and oar could carry them a spell lay on the world each piece of the day's work was swiftly and surely finding its place in the plan of the universe it was not man but some guiding powerful hand that seemed at that early twilight hour to be fashioning and completing man's ways and destinies not boats and sailors and trees and winding shore but gods and creative elements and mysterious workings in the unseen workshop of destiny the silent returning of boats 
there was no hallooing or laughter but the quiet coming to shore as if the soft south wind had carried away from mortal ears any words spoken in the falling shadows betty walked slowly along the shore then threw herself down on the grassy margin of the path close to the fence of their cornfield her winsome young face was very grave as she looked up at the changing sky or watched this noiseless activity of the water life suddenly her thoughts were arrested by a familiar sound the clear whistle of bob white her face lit up as she turned quickly towards a low white fence that ran along the field and looked lovingly for the little brown figure there he was on the fence post calling tenderly his covey call how trim and alert he was yet something melancholy mingled with his wholesome cheerful note betty felt a strange sympathy for the brave fellow as he flew from post to post giving out his evening call she could imitate his whistle perfectly but would she frighten him away she gave a low whistle no he was not frightened he answered bob white she whistled back bob white bob white a great homesickness for the mountains of her native state crept over her while she listened oh bob white she could almost see those sombre mountains strong yet tender softened by their veil of evening mist how often in the spring she had listened to bob white singing from the foot of the blue ridge the water lapped gently at her feet and she hated it for oh how in the stirrings of her memory the mountains loomed in the twilight she could again feel their quiet and strength as of standing armies that had always filled her heart when she looked up at them from her window before falling asleep they had been a very part of her childhood she had climbed their rocky steeps by paths rugged and crooked and so interminable that they seemed to her childish fancy to lead straight to heaven for heaven was just behind the farthest golden cloud she had played and picnicked among them and had gone berrying and wildflower gathering hunting for the wild grape the blackberry for the goldenrod and purple asters for the earliest arbutus and the winter green she could not remember a day when she had not felt they were there eternally vigilant sternly guarding but loving what did this water creeping at her feet care for her it was not like her mountains she buried her face in her hands and burst into a passion of tears betty was suffering a homesickness for her mountains and all they represented her childhood's home the dear familiar people and ways and sights as acute as the wanderers for his native land her affections always strong and tender clung with a firmness not common with a girl of seventeen to the village of weston nestling at the foot of the blue ridge it was bred into the bone gradually the sobs ceased and betty drying her eyes stood up to look for bob white but his wandering flock had heard his call and in the deepening shadows had hastened with him to their nest a wave of disappointment swept over betty when she found herself deserted by her old friend bob white she had carried on many a conversation with him in the days when she had learned to imitate almost every bird in the neighborhood bob white had always been her favorite during the hard winter she had scattered grain for her pets and one of the duties of the order of the cup 
a society she had organized in weston had been to enlist farmers in feeding the birds through severe seasons she now decided to begin work in their interest as soon as she became acquainted in the village for she knew how easily a snowy winter could exterminate the delightful homely bird who protected the fields and gave interest to the loveliest landscape betty felt better she always did when she could translate feeling into doing she became almost reconciled to her new surroundings and she hurried home developing this plan in her active brain at dinner betty was unusually silent for her father seemed to her too tired to listen to this scheme for bob white she suspected that her numberless projects and impetuous energy were a little wearing to the placid scholar his worn face renewed her afternoon's determination to help in the financial crisis she ran upstairs to write letters one to the dearest and truest of schoolmates lois bird of baltimore and to compose a short article for the village paper on the subject of her birds dr and mrs baird sat on the broad porch facing the water talking over the day elizabeth seemed very quiet at dinner said the doctor is she well yes betty is always well but i think she will be a little lonely here without any of her young friends answered her mother craig ellsworth is the only young person she knows isn't she kept busy helping you katie is very competent and with only three in our family there is hardly enough work to go round replied mrs baird i am very desirous of having elizabeth grow into a good housewife said the doctor stroking his beard meditatively she has always been skillful in the kitchen and she learns quickly but i think with her housekeeping she should have something else young people need variety i deprecate this restlessness of the age said dr baird shaking his head disapprovingly elizabeth is not dissatisfied even if she is restless she is joy personified all growing things are constantly moving though she is impetuous she is not blundering she never potters over her work and she accomplishes a vast amount without appearing to work at all i want her to be like her mother said dr baird smiling and taking his wife's pretty soft hand in his own exactly like her mother to suit me mrs baird smiled back but shook her head no no i think that in many respects my education was a mistake even for my generation and assuredly it would be for betty's it was not general enough a variety of interests gives proportion health and preserves equilibrium it trained you for your life and that is about our only test suggested her husband mrs baird remained silent she was thinking of her constitutional shyness that had been fostered by her secluded girlhood until even now she suffered when she met strangers that outside of her home she wholly lacked initiative and that if it had been necessary for her to earn her own living it would have been impossible how the gymnasium boating swimming and skating or the organization of an altruistic society like betty's order of the cup would have helped her to overcome her inherited feebleness of nerve and made facing the world easier and even pleasant she rejoiced to see betty wholesome fearless active even when the initiative was half wilful sanguine and lacking in self-consciousness she broke the silence by saying 
i have thought a great deal about this question since she has been away this is the memory season for our betty a joyous girlhood is a memory that will sweeten many a hard after year she was silent for a moment then added with a sigh after all how little we can do to save her from mistakes however i shall try to keep one step ahead of her in all her experiences yes answered dr baird and i like your idea of making this a beautiful memory season for betty making nests of pleasant thoughts as ruskin puts it what do you think she could combine with her home duties mrs baird hesitated to broach betty's latest plan she knew her husband's love and reverence for great literature and his impatience with anything that fell short of his ideal what would he say if betty at seventeen should try to write for publication she is now thinking of literature she hazarded literature she thinks that perhaps she has a gift for writing a gift for writing what asked dr baird perturbedly but to the point i hardly know i doubt if she does herself what has started the child on this he asked smiling in spite of his dismay and polishing his glasses vigorously you remember that her compositions were much admired poor child interposed the doctor you won't discourage her mrs baird asked somewhat anxiously elizabeth is not easily discouraged said dr baird with pride anyway it will be good training for her in english in writing as in everything else one must serve an apprenticeship but of course she won't have anything accepted end of chapter one recording by holly jensen amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals from courses to help you attain or retain certification to individualized coaching services to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen management concepts optimizes your professional development online in person individually or groups it's training that's measurably better learn more at managementconcepts.com that's managementconcepts.com with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.